This show is brought to you by Loud and Opinionated. Sporty sports. Sporty time. Sports. Sports. Guys, I want an alarm. Sound the alarm. I don't know. That's the best alarm sound I can make off the top of my head. We have live sports <laughs> this week. <gasps> what kind of sports, Paul? Well, we'll get there. Oh. Thank you. For the loud sports podcast to have live sports. Was it week five? Oh, my goodness. Dude. dude sorry, I had to adjust your mic there. Dude, we're going to be the experts in the KBO, let me tell you. You're going to stay up that late? Exactly. I'm that's, up that late anyway. Well, yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've been staying up that late. I might, I might that's what turn I'm saying. it on. We live in quarantine times. Yeah, there are no rules. True. I'm All back on our... my college sleep schedule now. Exactly. <laughs> our sleep schedules are so off. Well, this is Loud Sports Podcast. I'm Paul Rubidoux with Jake Williams yes. and Brandon Plecker. Hey, guys. And so we have live sports. Well, we will get to the live sports of the Korean baseball organization. But first, like the last few weeks, we have the last dance. To go over episodes five and six. And the first thing that we see is in loving memory of Kobe Bryant. It was an emotional episode. I thought there was going to be more more Kobe in there. I did too. It, they, they got me thinking there was going to be more Kobe in there than there was. But Right. I agree. But, but then I got to thinking about it. It was pretty early for even Kobe to really be. And he's probably not that relevant to the Bulls yeah. story. Yeah. I mean, he was a rookie in 98, wasn't he? Uh, no, that second was his year. second he year. He was drafted in 97, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so his um, his story only really intercedes with Jordan professionally on the court in this All-Star game. They never had a finals against each other. They always played in different conferences, so this kind of was the only time they interacted. And what, was, what I thought was really cool, because they did kind of start out with that 98 All-Star game, um, the oh my gosh, the footage they had of all the guys talking about Kobe, saying that boy won't let the game come to him. He won't <laughs> he won't pass the ball. He'll just take it and put it up. And at one point, Grant Hill said, "I'm not being put on his poster," like in a timeout. <laughs> it was it was really cool to see that along with Kobe's interview saying how Jordan interacted with him, which seems to be different than how Jordan interacted with everyone else. He actually accepted Kobe and how Kobe was learning his roles and his moves. I yeah I and, they, and they, I, I thought it was nice how they both you know Jordan said it what episode three or four about maybe it was one and two he said something about I could beat everybody one on one except for maybe Kobe because he took all my moves right and then Kobe said in that beginning of episode five in his interview he said you got to give respect to Jordan because all those guys that like me all you guys that like me you got to give respect to Jordan because he's he's the reason why I am who I am <laughs> right. basically they reiterated the same point yeah so we yeah this was a posthumous mic drop by Kobe in the goat debate pretty much where he said it's not word for word but he said I wouldn't have my five rings without his six like there wouldn't be a Kobe Bryant without a Michael Jordan so then um yeah it, it was really cool to see that like generational shift and I hate to bring it up, and I and I know we'll save a whole discussion for it later. You know, after this is all done, but it does make me wonder if that's going to be something similar to when there is a documentary about LeBron, and because it seems similar to that thing where LeBron could say, "I wouldn't have my success if it wasn't for Jordan," because Jordan, he, 
he, I mean, he's showing so much. Yeah, like you said, it kind of just adds to that mystique of the goat mentality to Michael Jordan. And that's that's the crazy thing too, because if you look at it, he was was uh, Jerry West has eleven, right? Eleven rings. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Why? I'm well, why I got Jerry West? Well, <laughs> my brain's all over. Same West. era. Same era. Lost a lot. Yeah, I just. I, mean, I think he was what, like two and seven in the finals. I think. Yeah, but uh, in you know you don't. So he doesn't have all of the rings, but yeah, it, there's just no question that he has been such a staying power in the NBA. I mean. When you growing up, when this was happening, when you all every kid was a Michael Jordan fan, every kid was a Bulls fan, you know, and it just shows that even Kobe Bryant was like that, you know, everybody was a Michael Jordan fan. Which, by the way, LeBron shared the logo for Space Jam too. Yeah, and I'm still mad it's happening. No, I'm kidding. It's interesting choice. It's okay, you know. It kind of keeps it retro, pays homage. To the original, a little. I would what does say. it say? A new era or something like that, I think is what it said. I don't know. Well, you know, they keep like the rings, like the original. It's like just they've been, they talked about doing this for so many years with LeBron. It's surprising. It'll be a letdown. No matter what. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's going to be a letdown no matter <laughs> what? what. Yeah. Well, news for you the first movie's not that good. Wow. As a oh. movie, I do own it on Blu ray. Let's do our own podcast yeah. on that. There you go. Wow. If we keep up with COVID, we might have to start doing sports movie reviews. Well, okay, so back to The Last Dance. Also in episode five, they kind of got into his Nike contract and the shoes. It must be the shoes. It's all about the shoes and how it was really interesting hearing his agent talk about really actively thinking of Michael and marketing Michael as an individual athlete and not a member of a team. The first time that ever been thought of. Right. Sounds like out it, in a team sport. And it sounds it sounds kind of simple for when you think of a superstar like we think of JJ Watt, you know, as this just multifaceted superstar and this seems so revolutionary at the time. It just changed marketing and it blew up for him. And I'm trying to think I can't think, you know, who are the most marketed athletes before Michael Jordan, like known internationally, Muhammad Ali, track athletes from the Olympics. Yeah, well, that's what they were talking about, and they talk about tennis, ten- tennis and golf with were the right. So you know, Nicholas, guys like that, and golf, you know, individual right. athletes mm-hmm. that played individual sports like Muhammad Ali, guys like that. And I mean, that kind of directly affected Michael with Nike because, which I didn't know about this until this uh, episode, which was like. Uh, the fact that he's like, I don't know if I want to sign with them because they're about track stars. Yeah, he didn't want to sign with them. Um, well, we're, they were a pretty new company. They were very small right? comparatively to where they are now. And, right. it, and it makes sense that they would be ch- about track stars. I mean, they're from Oregon. Well, yeah, Nike was founded by you know Phil Knight and Bill Bowerman, who was a track coach and track athlete at Oregon. And you had Fontaine. Their, and- yeah, they made their own type of running shoes, and then that's what it was. It really was a track shoe. But they offered Jordan like double what everyone else offered. And they said, we will use the new technology that we just created for breathable running shoes and put it in a basketball shoe for you, which um, Adidas apparently just wasn't interested in making an, an individual shoe for the contracted athlete. So I guess that was a part of it too. But... I mean, the that was really interesting because That's, then the marketing and you get Mars Blackman, you know, Spike Lee in the commercials and <laughs> directing the commercials. And it creates the myth of, oh, I would say um, about the same time, another marketed athlete like that, Bo Jackson. 
yeah, bone nose. Yeah, you know, yeah. think of the bone nose line and kind of how it added to Bo's mystique of he can do everything. And Michael Jordan's did the same thing with the is it the shoes because he put up 42 and 48 last week in two games. And then you see this commercial, and it really is that guy is it the shoes because he's something different. And it's really interesting. Yeah, and then that's the crazy thing to think about. It's so commonplace now to have you know, are you what you know what shoes you wear? And oh, I'm wearing the Mambas, or I'm wearing the the Curry. Which nobody would wear the Curry shoes; they were ugly. But you know, it's so commonplace, especially with basketball, to see all these names attached to these shoes, and to think that you know Jordan was the one that kind of started all that. And that's it's just again something crazy to think about of his lasting power that he's had in in all not just i think sports but just pop culture in general right it was it's really cool and i think we're going to see more of that but they did get into the fame a little bit and everything that came along with that and there were points where he definitely looked fatigued and you see like the the crowds were crazy at some of these places outside the hotels you're like is this a rock star and the people that they had they set a record for the georgia dome for a basketball you, game i was i was watching it with eric and i was like can you imagine paying money to watch a game from the other side of a football field right over a over a wall you're like, watching you see it, that stadium no you're paying to watch it on the jumbotron and tell your kids i saw michael jordan play in 98 that's really what's going on. no yeah i mean and the, the whole thing was full the yeah. whole thing was full but it's like you are almost a hundred yards away from the court you can't see and the it. wall there's a wall in between the court and where you're sitting right. and there was how many thousand is people sitting there? And people say the Carrier Dome is too big for basketball. <laughs> That's an extra 20,000, 30,000 seats than the Carrier Dome. It's crazy. But that was happening everywhere they went. He was constantly being mobbed. <laughs> and then they had, they talked about the Jordan Rules book that came out, which I have if you guys want to read oh, it. Oh, yeah, I did see that you uh, posted about that. I don't know where you put I can't remember where you yeah, posted it. Yeah, I read that. I read it a few years ago. Um, initially, and it's just it was it wasn't super inflammatory in my opinion. Maybe because you know I was reading it in 2010, 2012, and you know in high knew, school. Yeah, we knew what we thought about Jordan and kind of the teammate he was. Yeah. So him throwing a punch at Will Purdue and practice and finding out that he didn't really like Jerry Krause, like some of that stuff didn't really surprise me reading in the book, but. <laughs> Um, apparently it was a much bigger deal for the team. And I love the story of Jerry Krause calling Phil Jackson in his office and having 20 something highlighted and dog eared portions of the book and reading them out loud to Phil and then trying to figure out who the rat is or who's <laughs> sneaking this stuff. And the kind of consensus is that's why Horace Grant left the team is because he was part of it, which he denied and still does to this day. I mean, did you, would you really want to be the guy known for that? Like, of course he's going to deny it. Nobody ever wants to be known to be that guy. Yeah, but Horace is the guy in this that kind of sticks out as the one more than anyone else that f- kind of feels like he could have done more or people didn't see him as he should have been seen on the team. Um, and I just I, – I don't get a good vibe from Horace. <laughs> it's it's i don't know he just he he's well he's, yeah he's he's the dennis rodman of the first three peat 
but nobody remembers him like but, they remember but Rodman. way more way more attitude of just like kind of either needing to be coddled or like more i At think he more than could be reined in by jordan jordan couldn't rein him in like jordan was somehow able to get him out of vegas he's <laughs> the kind of guy that would do tracks his minutes you know yeah, right, it says, right. says why are my minutes down right and now and then yeah and he's also the guy that yeah says that and then Brings that up in contract negotiations. They're like, well, you said I'd play this much minutes and blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I should get paid for, for this or that. Yeah. He seems like that kind of guy. Yeah. So, and that, but it's crazy because he was then back in the finals with Shaq and Penny and then back in the finals with Kobe and Shaq. So he played with three of the most dominant individuals of all time. You know, reunited with Phil later. Maybe that's why people don't talk to him, talk about him. Interesting career. He gets overshadowed by being a part of. Oh yeah, he was a very good starter in uh, Orlando, and I don't, I don't think he was starting forward in in L.A. He's a great starter in Orlando. Well, hey, they made the finals. (laughs) One year. I was gonna say, what have they done? That one time they were relevant. Yeah, yeah, you know, they that's a big what-if team, but there's a 30 for 30 on that. Um, after the Jordan rules, you know, that book came out after the 91 championship, and then in 92, after their second championship, um, where Michael hits the shrug, we have the Dream Team, which I really, really need to get the book on the Dream Team. You know, it uh, came out a few years ago, which I think it is the most incredible collection of professional talent on a single team we've ever seen. They averaged like wins by over 40 points. It was incredible. Yeah. 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 That, that it would be, uh, I think an interesting read and uh, you know, that's another thing too. I hate to do it. I hate to do it, but you know, people nowadays, I, I never understand the problem with dream teams. When people get upset about dream teams nowadays, when stuff like this has been happening in the NBA forever, it seems like like this is nothing new. You know what I mean? And I think this kind of highlights that of having a dream team is not new in the NBA. I just don't understand why we have to demonize people for saying, "Hey, I don't want to play here anymore. I want to make money and go get a ring." Like I, don't, I never understood that, and this kind of plays into that for me of like. That's cool. <laughs> it's been around that long. Like, you know, you know what we should do is, oh my gosh, what an idea! NBA, uh, NBA on TNT or ESPN needs to get the full videotape of the Dream Team scrimmages, um, air them with uh, a commentary group, like with their regular guys, like Van Gundy and. You know, whoever else, or um, I can't think of any, the TNT guys, Reggie Miller and Chris Webber. Barkley. Yeah. Barkley. Jack's on TNT. Well, that's I, that's the studio. I mean, like, their playbook, oh, you know, like the. Chris Webber. Well, like the actual crew. Yeah. Like, get an announcing crew to give me play by play with some commentators the of the scrim. Absolutely. I think this, this must have been. The most incredible basketball that was ever played in the history of the world. And, you know, given the given the personalities involved, it's got to be one of the more competitive practices you'd see. And apparently, everybody except for Christian Leitner, who was frozen out of games um, offensively, they just everybody agreed, like, "Hey, man, this is awesome. This is the best basketball ever." And you know, we had these practices where Jordan just took over amongst other superstars and completely emasculated Clyde Drexler on an almost daily basis Clyde for two weeks. Yeah, because 
Because everybody wanted to compare the two. Yeah, they were saying, you know, they, they're kind of comparable. Because they had similar play styles. Yeah, they're, they're two guards, you know, they handle the ball a lot. They have silky smooth motions, and they're both <laughs> above, they can both play above the rim a little. But Poor Clyde. Yeah, poor Clyde. Can I, can I share a story with you? Yes. About Clyde the Glide. Clyde the Glide. Um, I'll be, I'll be, and I think I've shared this on this podcast before. I was never super into basketball until a few years ago. And <laughs> this says a lot about Michael Jordan and Clyde the Glide. I did not know who, I knew he was a basketball player. But what I remember Clyde the Glide for, and this is going to be sacrilege to people listening, were for those stupid uh, hair care commercials. That he was <laughs> the for. So when I think of Clyde the Glide, that's all I think of is those, it was, Hair loss. That's okay. That's me with Frank Thomas. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is, but he's pushing some pills. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I can't even. <laughs> That's okay. I can't even. No, but yeah, the whole time I would just. Yeah. I'm sure there's somebody out there that only knows John Madden for 10 acting commercials. I don't know. Boom. Tough acting commercials. Well, I mean, there's people that knew OJ for the Hertz commercials, right? Yeah. You know what? Sorry, I'm watching the FX series again. It's crazy, outstanding. Crazy thought here. Maybe people only know Michael Jordan from the Haynes. No, I'm kidding. It's not possible. Hey, we brought it full circle. Mid-90s. OJ, back to the last dance. <laughs> the dream team, they really were. So Michael had final cut of this, and they had that footage of him in 92 being interviewed, saying before the interview, no Isaiah talk. <laughs> so at this point, he's okay with you know them knowing that Isaiah was left off the team because the guys didn't like him. But, you know, Bird didn't like him because uh, Thomas and Rodman in the 80s said that if Larry Bird was black, he'd be just an average NBA player. Dang. I mean... Whoa. <laughs> I'm kidding. One, Larry, of, the, Larry, one of the most skilled forwards Larry. of all time. He invented the 40-50-90 club, sir. Larry Bird's another guy that I think transcends basketball. I think he's... he. Uh, it's a huge icon. I'm he, joking. But he was at the end of his career here and mm -hmm. was basically a backup, you know, token gold medal, um, playing ten minutes a game. I only know Larry, Larry didn't Bird. do a lot in in Barcelona. I only know Larry Bird for those McDonald's. No, I'm kidding. The <laughs> those are awesome commercials, commercials he, though. Michael Jordan. Those are it's awesome commercials. Me. Yeah, um, but there's just so much going on in '92. Even the fact that uh, Scottie Pippen is being snubbed. By Jerry Krause in contract extension talks while Krause is in Croatia and internationally scouting this guy called Tony Kukakuchoc. They said his name eight different ways in the documentary depending on who was talking. I swear. Every time it was a new person, they said his name differently. It's so funny. Um, but So then you get to the dream team and Kukoc is this – he looks like a kid. Well, yeah, he, he remind, looks like Luka Doncic. That's exactly was, what I thought, too. Yeah, if it was back in the 90s and said 2010 right. or whatever. Right, just this baby-faced, long-limbed kid playing with men, you know, with, you know, sweaty, flying hair. He, yeah. he looked a lot like Luka. Um, and, you know, they were both, they're both Eastern Europeans, and they really showed that he grew up in a civil war. And so he's a tough guy. And that was really important when they talk about how before game one, game one of the whole tournament, it's Croatia-USA, and Jordan says to the locker room before the game, 
Kukoc is only going to be guarded by me and Scotty. And they just ran him. He had four total points. And he was just getting manhandled. And then they come back in the finals, and he had a much better game to the point where Michael gave him credit after that. Croatia. Croatia, yeah. But then they also they alternate that with video of Michael berating him in practice in 1998. <laughs> uh, but did you know he retired as the, oh, what was it? The tallest guy to hit 500 three-pointers in NBA history or something like that? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He's got some interesting accolades. Uh, you mentioned uh, Cruz. Is it um, my album is on. Yeah, it is. It's keeping my meat warm. <laughs> uh, thanks, Brandon. Um, uh, I saw a meme of Michael Jordan, and it's anytime. Is it is it Kraus or Kraus? I can't remember. Kraus, Jerry Kraus. Is that have you seen the meme of? Uh, it's the guy slapping Crumbs. that other guy on the Jerry back, Crumbs <laughs> on the back of the head. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, Josiah Jordan, Johnson's um, Twitter put yeah, that up. Anytime Michael Jordan sees. Jerry makes a decision. Whack! Smack! <laughs> See, I rep- I tweeted back to it, um, asterisk Clyde Drexler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I only know his name's Clyde the Glide because he mentions it in the commercial. <laughs> I'm Clyde the Glide. <laughs> but after the Dream Team, we have uh, Michael's political involvement. His only political involvement is him actively not being involved in politics where his yeah. his home district I guess did he still live in North Carolina in the off seasons? I'd assume. I don't know. I don't I, know. Yeah, I guess it's where his mom was living. He That's still lives there now? You know, he's just this guy. I assume well, that I mean, he, he has, has lived team. in LA since retiring. You know? He has the Hornets though, so I mean that makes sense. Yeah, right. Um so that's probably right. But this is was his home district's um challenger who is a black man of the community that had already been like publicly endorsed in commercial by michael jordan's mother who is known huh. for you know being michael jordan's mother <laughs> and they were upset that michael you know wouldn't do anything be- with this guy because the incumbent was like an out and out racist who says like our kids are better off with segregation you know one of those guys a leftover that it's it's the '90s and you're still in office, like you should have you should have been yeah. kicked out in the '70s, yeah. you know. Um, and the guy still won. <laughs> the incumbent won that race. You know, maybe it's because Michael Jordan did not endorse the other guy, but he said, "Hey, Republicans buy shoes too." And yeah, and that's that's the thing I I think to this day Michael Jordan still does is looks at things. From a business perspective, I think. Oh yeah, he's a businessman, and he like Republicans. Why sh- is that exactly? Right. Why would I bother with that when I can still make money from people? Right. And you know, there's there's a time and place, and if somebody has, and I'm not gonna, I'm not like other people where if somebody has a political leaning or something, and they want to voice their opinion and stand behind it, go for it. But you know, there are still a lot of people out there that hate when celebrities or athletes have a political stance and they don't... I mean, we saw it a few years ago with, you know, all this stuff with Kaepernick. And so I think it, it is... On one hand, it I don't see a problem with people standing up for stuff like that, but at the same time, I don't 
hate Michael Jordan for saying, hey, no, I still want to make money. Right. <laughs> they, you know, well, I listened to Monday morning. They had the director on Dan Patrick, and he said that if you take a look at Michael Jordan's shirts in the interviews in that episode, the black shirt is after he looked at the rough cut where um, we had the interview with that one activist guy who said Muhammad Ali will be remembered by the by the community and Michael Jordan will not because it's the people that do stuff on and off the court that are remembered. And Michael Jordan said, yeah, leave that in. And he wanted to talk about it. And that's when he said, I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. And when he explained every one of his positions through six episodes, when Michael states his side, it's very concise. It's very direct. It's very stick to your guns and, and I'm going to do this thing. And, and you're always like, okay, Mike, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, he made he made quiet business decisions. Look at who his business partners were. McDonald's, Nike, Hanes. Big brands, yep. Big Easy, no, everybody like, likes them. no frills, you know, no controversy, and it set him up for success. Yeah, and but I also, again, that's where I see the other side of things, where it's like, you know, you look at guys like Muhammad Ali, who was the biggest, one of the biggest names, not just in his sport, but pop culture, and it, part of it was because of him. You know, not going draft to dodging. War. Yeah, not going to war. Depending on how you look at yeah, it. Yeah, right, and getting locked up and all these things. But at, yeah, at the same time, it's like not every person that is a public figure needs to be an activist. Charles Barkley said, "I'm not a role model." Exactly, and, and I'm, Jordan said he wishes he's like I didn't want to be a role model. I wasn't out here trying to be a role model. I was out here trying to be me, trying to trying smoke to cigars where you don't know what's in them. My, focus on what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Playing 36 holes of golf yeah. the day before a game and having a gambling. Oh, we'll get there. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, I knew this was going to come up on this show. Go back a couple episodes, Sports Conspiracy Theories, I did with Tyler, uh, the Twin Foil crossover. We definitely talk a lot about uh, yes. Jordan's gambling conspiracy. Right. It's exciting time. So at this point of the, inter- er, of the documentary series, we get to, it's like April of 98 when they clinch home court through the playoffs, and then they kind of flip it back to 93 to end episode six. And, I mean, we kind of skipped past their Eastern Conference Finals in 93 versus New York, which I kind of want to go watch on YouTube after seeing this documentary series because of all of the times that those guys seemed to get in fights and how crazy those games were. That was, that, I mean, those highlights were incredible. But then we get to the final. Well, no, excuse me. It is in the Eastern didn't, Conference Finals there. Yeah. Didn't the, Michael Jordan taunt Spike Lee uh, during one of those games, during uh, Knicks game? Yeah. Yeah. He said you should be out here guarding me. Or yeah, like he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the biggest taunt came from Reggie Miller to Spike Lee, but that got its whole. They actually hated each other. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> well, Reggie doesn't like Michael either. <laughs> Sorry, Reggie hey. doesn't like anybody. Hey, I mean, he didn't make himself that likable by his play style. You got to respect him for it though, because he was a dog out there, like talking a lot yeah. and backing it up at 180 pounds, not going in the lane. You know. <laughs> it was his own brand, but I think he's gonna get a spot in like episode nine or something. We're gonna see a lot of Reggie. Sorry, sorry, I derailed you. I just wanted to make that point because I remember seeing that and I was like, "What?" So in the '93 Eastern Conference Finals, while the team's playing in New York, Michael takes his parents to Atlantic <laughs> City on a day trip, mm. and he says, "Oh, we left at like eight in the morning. And we got back at midnight, and we just like had a good time. Took a limo, and apparently." 
it's not that close. It's four hours <laughs> from New York City to Atlantic City. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. I'd- so I don't really believe that it was just a, a day within a day trip or anything with no hotels involved or anything. I, I'm going to just state my stance on this whole thing because we did the whole the whole thing about his gambling on that ep- the conspiracy episode. I firmly believe he had a gambling problem, and he definitely worked with Stern. He didn't have a gambling problem. He has a competition problem, and they used that. Oh, for I can stop gambling. I can stop gambling. I have a competition. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, yeah, but I'm sorry. There's just too much there to say. Like, there's no way that David Stern didn't sit him down and say, "I can't suspend you because you're Michael freaking Jordan. Why don't you take some time off? I'll pretend there's this investigation." Right. And then you can come back when you're ready. And once again, overshadowed by Kobe, David Stern was also in this week's episodes of The Last Dance posthumously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, overshadowed by Kobe again. <laughs> That's too bad. Did they even have a loving memory for him, too? No, or? no. Didn't, I, Jeez, they did him, him dirty. Yeah, I know. He will always be overshadowed by Kobe. It's like Farrah Fawcett with Michael Jackson. <laughs> you'll, just, you'll never remember that Farrah Fawcett Man. also died that week. <laughs> she did. You're right. I did not even think about that. Yeah. Um, but, so then Michael has two weeks where he refuses to talk to the press because they blow up about this, even though they win the series. The, yeah. The press is. Yeah, because they lost a game. Like, I feel like people, especially media, which, I mean, you, you see that, and, you, and this isn't necessarily way out there in saying it, trying to find something to talk about. You got it. You got it. It's somebody's fault. Like, why is Jordan losing the game? Yeah. We oh, he went out one night. Like, come on. We blame Tony Romo um, going to Cancun one time. Jessica dating Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Simpson. Yeah, yeah. We blamed OBJ on a boat for a loss. Oh yeah. For a whole season. Yeah. <laughs> he went on a boat in spring. In cursed, what preseason? The yeah, the whole no. season. It's all his fault. No, he went on a boat. That they, was before the Packer. Oh, it was before the playoff game. game. Yeah, it was before You're the right. wild card game. Yeah. And yeah. but you got you got to blame somebody. But I. Uh, but distractions in season. Somebody has said been a that. Talking point. We've seen this in in things we just brought up. When you do something that is not professionally re- like to your sport related in season, people freak out. Uh, they didn't for Rodman though, going to Vegas. But but like yeah, they've got to they got to make money. They got to make they got to get you know now it's clicks but they you know back then they had to sell papers they had to sell magazines they had to do something Right but then Michael Jordan picks the guy he's going to do an interview with says grab a camera sit down with me and does an interview about how he doesn't have a gambling addiction with his sunglasses on <laughs> Like he's at a like poker he's poking, table Yes like he won't show the lie in his eyes It's so bad you know watching that it's just he's like, dude i say this though he's the most successful gambling addict i've ever seen oh yeah saying he could stop anytime he wants but he you know to this day he still gambles all the time i, I said the same i said it to tyler he's gonna gamble on the kbo i said the same thing when we covered it i don't think he ever gambled on the bulls i don't think he, i think he is too competitive and cares about the game too much that he would never bet on that but I'm I'm positive he was putting bets on all sorts. I mean, no, I can't I'm, deny the the court thing when they found a personal check from him to that uh, drug dealer. Right. I believe him when he says he never bet on basketball games. He was betting on himself, like betting on golf, betting on flipping yeah, coins yeah, that against sense. a wall uh, against security guards. How you much know? money do you think he put in those uh, ping pong tournaments when he bought a ping pong table to beat a team? Probably a good amount of money. But, you know, around this time that other, like, Chisler wrote a book 
saying, I golfed with Michael and he owes me thousands of dollars, yeah. you know, which was the, like the whole money grab of the book was like, I golf with Michael. Yeah. That dude was just doing research on him. He was, like, he was just like a, seemed like a huge douchebag. <laughs> so I don't trust his words per se, but it's really hard to discredit something that is in the record in court. To be like, why yeah. are you paying this drug dealer? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you're golfing with a guy named Slim. <laughs> yeah. Who's known as a golf hustler. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> you know what that is? That's me waving a red flag. <laughs> Theater of the mind, Paul. It's <laughs> <laughs> my flag in the wind. But then we get to the 93... Finals, which this sounds pretty awesome too. I had forgotten Danny Ainge and a bunch of other really good players. Kevin Johnson were on the Suns team with Charles Barkley, who was given the MVP that year. And Jordan said to that, "Okay, but he's not taking this from me." <laughs> and and this was uh, it looks like a, a great finals from everything we saw. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a, Chuck is incredible. You didn't actually watch Chuck. You know, oh yeah, because I've never seen Chuck play before. Right. Getting to watch him play, you know, was. And just Highlights. playing weight. Yeah, yeah, like he looks so, you know, you would never think he's the same guy. He looks so dominant, you know, yeah. running the floor. And I loved, oh, he said this week, he said, okay, I guess we're all going to relive the worst two weeks of my life that made me cry. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be fun. And he said in the episode um, about game two, he said, I played the absolute... I think that was the best I've ever played in my life. And I knew that night that I was not the best person on the, the first floor in my life. Yeah. And he's like, it's like his admission that Jordan was better than me. And I looked at the box score and, um, Barkley had 42, 13 and four. And Jordan had like 49, seven and seven. And it's like, what can you do? When you are the MVP of the league, you have a great team. You're scoring 40 points. You have a double-double. You're doing everything, and this guy cannot be stopped. Well, did you? they were showing all those games, and they were putting up Jordan's points after every game. It was over 40 every time. Right. He had over 40 every game. Right. Well, it's like it's, it's just one of those things where it's like uh, no matter what you do, you will never like you just cannot beat this. He has an answer for everything you will do. It, it reminds me. It reminds me of something similar to. I hate to bring it always back to football, but that's just where my mind is. Uh, it reminded me so much of the 2006 Rose Bowl, where no matter what USC did, Vince Young was going to win that game. Yeah, Superman on yeah. a football field. And that's what that felt like with Jordan. Like it. Like no matter how that was. Hard as Barkley could play, he was he was going to beat him. Like, it was just destiny that, that, that the Bulls were going to win. Right, and, you know, three finals recaps in, and we've seen this in each of the finals, you know. It's been one great that gives Jordan everything they have, and it's just not enough, whether it's um, Magic Johnson, then it's Drexler, and then it's Barkley, and then, you know, we will see that it was Bar er, um, Peyton and Kemp, and then Malone twice, you know, yeah. and Malone took one of those MVPs too. And so Jordan said once again, not taking the finals. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep that one. Yeah. But this, these these episodes just keep getting better and better. I want I I, I tweeted this. Yes. I would pay 
$29.99 for the Blu-ray box set of The Last Dance complete with like extra commentary, like outtakes. <laughs> no, like outtakes and bloopers where it's like I want to know every time every person said, I'm not going to answer that. I want to know what made people say I'm not answering that. You know, things like that I think would be really interesting. Or if there's like a director's cut because, you know, this was made in part with Netflix, but it was made for TV. So is it possible that we could get like a director's cut where each hour, each episode is maybe an hour, 10 hour, 15, because they added stuff to each little storyline? I'm wondering when that's going to actually drop on Netflix. Cause it won't. Are you kidding me? Well, why would they? Never. Why would Netflix partner with them if they didn't plan on getting the streaming rights? Never. The OJ um, doc series from ESPN is not on Netflix. It'll go to ESPN Plus, just like all the Thirty for Thirties got taken off Netflix. Yeah, it's Disney's the streaming the, wars. Disney's the worst. Company. No, we're in the I streaming hate, wars, I hate man. Disney says the guy who has a year to Disney Plus, but I still hate Disney. Damn it. Hey, Disney might save our basketball season. Okay, <laughs> ESPN. ESPN's owner. All right, partner of the NBA, put him down in Florida, mini campus, boom, three, four games a day in one or two states. I know they have at least one stadium. I'm, I am worried, though, when this series ends, because then what are we going to talk about? I know, yeah. Well, we're getting <laughs> Hopefully that. Hopefully sports will come back. You know, then, last we'll episode see. was jam-packed. This episode where, this was the first time where I'm like, man. We're I gotta, scrambling. I gotta scrounge some stuff up this week, guys. So we we got enough to talk about. Shout out Korea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm all, the thing. What I'm trying to figure out is because I wanted to talk about this and I didn't put it in the rundown. But where do we think? Who do we think realistically has the best chance of coming back? And I'm not counting NASCAR, which is. It, I'm really surprised that NASCAR hasn't come back because it's literally cars. They're back in two weeks. I know, right? But I, I just, I was kind of surprised with that. But where do we realistically see this coming back? Well, because NFL plans to go with scheduled, and then you know we've got NBA talking about maybe coming back May eighth because we kind of touched that last week. The NFL plans a regular start date, right? Which they've announced this week, um, which I have in our rundown with their schedule announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I think by you know. By depending on what your criteria are, it's going to be baseball. Base, I've saw I saw something today. Basketball. I saw I something today no about faith. baseball maybe starting their season in July. July July one would be the start of the regular season. They would start try and start something in like a preseason spring training in the middle of June. You talk about brilliant marketing by the MLB. They're like, hey, guess what? We're going to come back from this, America. Even more so. July 1st. July 4th can be packed with baseball games. America's game's back. Like, that's where, how you market something. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> but the NBA, I'm having less and less faith that they're going to come back or come back with anything besides. Well, what I'm hearing is it's going to be Christmas Day, opening day, and they're going to use a shortened 60-some game schedule. Something they should, in my opinion, well, should have done. That's what the they did place. in the lockout year. I right. think it was eight years ago. And so 2012. The yeah. Heat's first championship, 2012, I think. Yeah, so they're going to be able to use that model. Um, that they had already built, and w- which will have success, and it'll be fine. And so, which leaves them kind of open to okay. even like having an August tournament and not calling it the 2020 NBA champions, but you were the one time only coronavirus tournament champion. And now we have the 2021 season. You know, and it, it, it's uh, not, you're not an NBA champion because this was, whoa, what kind of year was this? You know, 
Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, that idea. Well, I mean, what's going to happen? What are they well, going to do? Playing? Yeah, you don't really have a lot of choices. Play in Mickey Mouse Stadium and UCF Stadium and and just say that's the champion of the year. I. It's just whoever wins, if they call it a regular ending to the season, if they call it a 2020 NBA champion, there will always be an asterisk of this. Well, this was the year of you know where everything changed. Where people people came in out of shape. And the just, first few games were playing themselves into shape. I'm just saying this might actually be a step in the direction of shortening the NBA season. I'm someone who just I, – I don't think it needs to be as long as it is. I, I think that 82 games is ridiculous, in my opinion. I mean, clearly the players don't like it. They load management. So I, I think, you know, there could be positives out of this. Maybe this could be the – Step in the right direction, but I don't. Yeah, ML or NBA and NHL, I think, are getting more as each day passes. It gets more and more unlikely. I mean, we're about what? Yeah, we're, the eleventh will be two months that we haven't had a season. So, the more that they keep, I mean, at this point, we would we would already be in the playoffs, right? We'd probably be what second round at this point. NBA, no, it's no, just, just starting. starting. I thought they started like. No, it's just starting. I'm thinking of hockey because hockey starts earlier than the NBA in the postseason. It'd be starting this week. Last week, maybe? I think. Last week, something. I think. Yeah, because uh, hockey starts in like beginning mid April for Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup playoffs. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it gets more and more. I think I honestly think baseball will be fine, and I think football will be fine. But I don't know about uh, hockey and basketball. Yeah, well, well, you know, we we have a lot of time to figure that out. <laughs> I would like to do other speculation than that, but <laughs> yeah. Well, to options up, are limited. To finish up our last dance and pro basketball talk for this week, uh, something that was just dropped tonight as we started recording, uh, Tom Thibodeau linked to two NBA teams the Brooklyn Nets and Houston Rockets and and Brandon I'd I'd like to hear from you which you think is the worst option because to me they both seem like bad matches for his kind of team Tibbs to do to be a coach Yeah Why are they why would they get a new coach Maybe it's to join the staff but they're they're both both of those teams are eyeing Thibodeau and I can't think of what I'd like to see more is him with Harden arguing over offense versus defensive you know, accountability and importance, or him and Kyrie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I would think it would be a better matchup down in Houston because they they need they need something. You need you need a guy like like Tibbs with the with the team that they've constructed with all these six eight guys, you know, little guys in the NBA. Right. They got they got to come up with something different. They can't just play straight up man to man. Well, if Houston's really interested in him, what they're probably coming at it from the perspective of is he created the defense of the 2007-2008 Celtics where he was the top assistant and the team that really had a small ball good defensive lineup before it was cool of Rondo, Tony Allen, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce and Garnett as a five or you know their regular starting five with Perkins, both formidable defensive lineups and they might just be thinking about adding him as an assistant to to be the guy in charge to be the defensive head coach. Could yeah, that be I mean, because you know, you've got D'Antoni, who's one of the what best offense, one of the best offensive minds of the last twenty years. Well, he ran like the eight second 
offense you know, for Phoenix. He found his second Steve Nash, who can score, and James Harden, you know, right. and they're they're doing probably just as good, if not better, than they were with Nash. But, you know, they've never been able to play a lot of defense. They played pretty good defense that one year when they should have when they should have beat Golden State. Yeah. Two years ago. Choked. But then but so they need, you know, and now they've changed their lineup. They don't have Clint Capella, so they have no one to protect the rim anymore. They don't, I mean, not even James Clint Harden's Capella. playing post-defense. Right. They, they're they putting P.J. Tucker yeah. in the post. Which, not that these guys are bad defenders. They're just, when you're going Mismatched. against. Mismatched. Well, yeah, when you're 6'8", when you're, you're not going to be able to guard whoever you're going up down in the post. Gobert. Anybody. Know, anybody big in the West. KD. How, how are you going to stop KD? How are you going to stop, how are you going to stop anybody like that? You know, especially you know, you just have one big and KD on the floor, and who do you put Tucker on? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So we'll we'll see if any news comes of that. It would be interesting to see him joining a roster as an assistant. What? Maybe our our first big baseball segment <laughs> since at least the Houston Astros talk here. We have the Korean Basketball Organization signing a deal with ESPN. To be the, quote, exclusive English language home of KBO baseball, according to ESPN. So we're going to have live sports, guys. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, you can bet on this at DraftKings. Of course you can. Of course you can. Because they need something to up their revenue. You know, they want live sports as much as we do. So, of course, they've set up odds when they know who none of these people are. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. A, you know, I need to. You know what? I need to bone up on KBO teams because I'm sure they have some great team names. Oh, they're. Um, oh, I was looking at tonight's game is the Samsung Dinos versus somebody versus the DC somebody. Yeah, they're they're definitely. It's like it's marketing like your, and bot names. Yeah, it's like your uh, okay <laughs> G League team names. All right, so here's what we got: we got the Doosan Bears, mm. uh, the NC Dinos, as you mentioned. Okay. Uh, we got the Samsung Lightning, or Lions. Sorry, Lions. Samsung Lions. Lot, I think. L O T T E Giants. L G Twins. <laughs> Another branded name. Kawum Heroes. Man, they've taken a lot Kia of... Kia Tigers. Their logos are all, like... Generic. They they all look like classic MLB logos. Right. You know, these are they've very... They've got the, the, the cursive baseball lettering with the underline and stuff. It's Yeah, it's all just a circle with the colors with the cursive writing through the center of it. Hanwha Eagles. KT Wiz. And I'm probably butchering these because they're Korean names. The Hyundai Unicorns. Hyundai. Hyundai? Honda. Hyundai. Honda. It's H Y. Hyundai. Hyundai? <laughs> well, I know it's Honda, Honda. and there's Hyundai. Yeah, but they're the unicorns. That's the team. I'm taking the unicorns. them. Because if you're going to name your baseball team unicorns, I'm on board. That's my KBO Shoot team. The stars. You got to pick one, and you can't just be like, well, I watched this game, so I got to make a decision. Uh, I'm going with my phone, Samsung Lions. Samsung. <laughs> Brandon, who you got? We got the. Uh, you're gonna take the LG Twins. This is this is even less important than choosing an XFL or AAF team, <laughs> which we have done. <laughs> okay, sir. Oh man, you know what? I'm just gonna jump into my fraud of the week. Fraud of the week, live sports, one a.m. I'm not staying up for this. I'm already up this late. It's quarantine time. There's no rules. But the game. But okay, 
most games I think are going to start at like 3 and 5.30 a.m. Yeah, you got one it's midnight, 3 a.m., 4.30 a.m. Uh, for us locally in central time zone. So, you know, I mean, it's not the worst thing. West Coast, 11 o'clock start. Man. 10 o'clock. Yeah, because yeah, they're two hours behind Central. Um, yeah, you know, you could tell ESPN is really starving for content. Where they're like rolling out of the carpet being like, we're excited, KBO. We would have totally aired this normally if this was a normal time. I Never can't, done oh, that. oh my gosh, I can't wait. ESPN is ESPN 8 now. Tomorrow I am going to ESPN search for tweets of people on the West Coast saying, Oh my gosh, these games start so late. Why I can't stay up for this. And I'm going to quote it and say, everyone east of the Rockies watching Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, dude. K- you got a hashtag built in right there. Hashtag KBO after dark. KBO after dark. What? Oh, you know, it's not even after dark. What's what's after after yeah, dark? This like is, it's- <laughs> this is pre-AM. What's Fine. KBO, KBO at in dawn. the morning. KBO at dawn. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a radio station. It's like, yeah, whatever you think of the name for the overnight, like, number two guy, Fox Sports, from 1 to 3 a.m., where he's basically just, like, taking calls from truckers the whole time. (laughs) That's what this is. That's what this is, like, the sports equivalent of. You know what? I'll do it. XFL four-player, that's been killed. KBO, that's KBO at dawn. That's what you're getting now. KBO no, at I'm, dawn. I'm not going to be that dedicated to the Korean baseball. Coffee with KBO. Well, KBO and we're, coffee. We're going to find go. it. We're going to find it. Okay. These are There's all a good one out there. These are all <laughs> valid T-shirts, we're by fi- the way. We're fishing. We're fishing. We haven't Dude, found one that's not worth throwing back. Okay. T-shirt. We'll find a keeper. Here's your T-shirt. It's a coffee mug. It has KBO on it. KBO and coffee. Think about it. It's like how. Was it MTV AM? You know, they just changed AM, the AMTV, logo. T- yeah, they changed the the logo on the TV between like midnight and and six AM. I used to watch. That's so weird because I used to watch music videos before I go night. to school. Yeah, Nick at Night. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. But I'm just saying. At least are the. I hope that the, by live these are the full games, and it's not going to be like. When I stay up to, or when I fall asleep, oh, it's a two-hour I wake broadcast. up at two a.m. and I see a rebroadcast of Lakers Jazz, and it's, um, you know, no, it should be. I, I bet it, it is the oh, whole just, thing because it, I mean, think about it. It's, it's probably live. it's probably noon in Korea, like right. they're noon as long time as Bucciagrass isn't coming on saying we now break to the fifth inning for yeah. time restraints. Yeah, yeah, dude, I love that when it's like super. It's like, early. sorry, this part's really boring. And but, it's uh, like, oh, going? that's. That's that's from three years ago. Her hair's so different now. <laughs> it's always funny watching that when uh, I used to work overnights and I'd have it on the TV and it'd be like a football game that I'd, was earlier in the day. And I'm sitting there watching it and then I'll just hear, yeah, they're like, just a random guy in the studio. Well, due to time constraints, they're not going to do that. They, they're like, we got a full, full three hours, four hours, however long it takes, man. We're putting it all out there. If it runs into SportsCenter, even better, because then we have something built in for SportsCenter right away. I yeah. just, it's, what a weird, weird time for ESPN but in all of to, sports. Sorry to rain on your parade, but fraud. You're frauding them? Yeah. You're frauding the KBO? Live sport. I'm frauding this as our live sports. We just made a t-shirt, KBO and coffee tonight and which by the way you said there was a t-shirt we need to make last week and i forgot but we've had a few kbo and coffee gronka bay well we can't come on other people thought of that jake 
you got serious fraud here. Pull us, pull us back to the last dance. Adidas, you're a fraud, man. You had Michael where you wanted him. He liked your brand. He said he, yeah, he said he was an Adidas guy. He preferred you over Nike at the time. He looked at Nike as just track shoes, and you couldn't get the goat. You couldn't get whatever fraud. Fraud. Imagine the world we would live in, and if Adidas was had the Jumpman logo. You know, if it was Adidas. Yeah, fraud. They're marketing people. Because no. you know what? As far as I've known it, because of because of MJ, Adidas has always been second fiddle to to Nike in my book. Oh, it. I mean, second if second, depending on the year and the sport. I mean, I would say Reebok was There's number a guy two. Guy wearing Adidas shoes right now. Reebok <laughs> was number two in the NBA to Nike for. You know, 10, 15 years or starter. Under Armour. Yeah, Under Armour made a big comeback about the same time. Adidas made a huge splash when they got Rose. And then they really went with, because I, I think I was in high, I was in high school because I remember the trend of the, Adidas just kept releasing shoes that were lighter and lighter and lighter, where it was like, it was like the Ghost 3.0 because it doesn't feel like you're Here, wearing a shoe. Here's, here's the thing that's going to end any argument for Adidas. And I'm going to bring it back locally. Iowa State and Iowa, Nike. Nebraska, Adidas. Fraud. Ouch. Fraud. Kansas. It hurts me saying it, but, you know, facts are facts, man. Kansas, Adidas. Got to watch out for those Adidas schools, man. Their recruiting's a little fishy. <laughs> That's the truth. I don't necessarily have a fraud, but I'm going to kind of piggyback off of Jake's here and come up with another shoe company that – I mean, Converse was number one oh, in '84. Yeah. I mean, what it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had. You saw that commercial. They had what? Every great NBA player. Who wrote that rap? Oh, yeah. I don't gosh. know. I don't know. I, that was that was awesome. To no, watch. it was. Oh, who who's the the song basketball? I I love basket. Um. Oh. Yeah. It was like the same exact rhythm of that song. <laughs> it's like I. It's it was almost yeah, Larry had, Bird going had, basketball up and down the court. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean that was that was that was an awesome commercial. I thought it was, was pretty funny. It was super cool, yeah. But um I mean Converse, you they are they were the Nike of today. They were the only shoe for yeah. basketball for for the first 20 years of professional basketball. And you don't get you know, this all guy? through the 60s, all through the 70s? Yeah, like they got to be more frauds than even Adidas. And you can't oh, get wow. the future, you know? They they were I think they were too focused on their brand of what it was at that time and saying oh we don't do things that shake the boat like these flashy colors on the Air Jordans we don't have Air Jordans we have people wearing our shoes not their shoes which might might have happened I don't know but you know it seemed like part of the conversation was that Nike would make a shoe for him so do you let me ask you this this might be a dumb question do you have a pair of Jordans yeah. Yeah, I have a Do few pairs one? of Jordans. Not right now. I've had I've had a pair of Jordans before, but I don't right now. No. I don't wear Jordans to hoop. I wear Nikes. I'm actually I, I don't want to get a pair of my basketball my basketball shoes are Lebrons. Those are the basketball shoes that I have. Those are I too have, high on me, bulky. I like a low cut basketball shoe. I have a pair. I have a red, solid red pair of Jordans. My favorite pair of Jordans that I have, um, I do. I do wash with a washcloth and water after every time I wear them because I keep them looking really white and nice. They're all white with Carolina blue accents and a Carolina white? blue sole. Oh yeah, white shoes, bold strategy. Hey Con. man, they're they're that's why I keep them looking nice. These are my fresh shoes. I call, I when I got them for like the first two years, I these called are them, your fresh shoes. I called them my Easter Sunday shoes because I would only wear them for like special occasions, looking really nice for things. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I, they're really clean, man. They look good. I respect it. I respect the hell. Because I, <laughs> I used to do the same thing with my red ones, but it was like, what's the point? They're red shoes. Nobody's going to notice. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to have a pair of, you know, those classic, like, 85 Air Jordans, the black and red, oh, like, yeah. in his advertisements. They kind of look the like the shoes I have on now, but better. Way better. Yeah. Well, they look nothing like those. They're, they're the same color scheme. That's what I'm saying, the color scheme. I'm wearing Adidas. <laughs> oh, man. Hated to see that comparison. Speaking of... My, you want my cheap Adidas to yeah. Jordan? You hate to see it. You hate to see it. I can go for this. Mine kind of... I'll go last because mine kind of yeah, plays into the Yeah, you have a transition. Segment. Yeah. I can go here. Um, you hate to see it. Uh, you hate to see Nicolas Cage as the Tiger King. <laughs> You love to see it. Are you Nicholas Cage is going to play Joe Exotic in an upcoming series based on the events. I'm sorry. When I cast a guy named Joe, Joe Exotic, I want crazy. I want Nick Cage. All right. Nick Cage can do crazy. The, yeah. Okay. Come on. Nick Cage. This is fan. You're wrong. This is you love to see it. I don't know. I disagree. It depends on who the rest is out of casting. Are we going with like, it? You know, who, who's Carol? Carol Baskin? Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> um, it has to be. Oh, what's her? Oh no. Uh, Kathy. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Yes, dude. I was thinking the same person. <laughs> I was <along>. Yes, <laughs> I was like Jolene Bennett, <laughs> the unsingable Molly Brown. I was like, I just couldn't think of her name, but um, yeah, Kathy Bates, and one more before you know before we get back to sports and who plays Jeff. David Spade. Jeff Lowe. No. David no. Spade could pull off white He'll never trash. be in a movie without Adam Sandler. Yeah, right. Or Kevin James and Chris Rock. <laughs> Seriously, though, Schneider, Kevin what's James. What's his name? Schneider. Schneider. Yeah, and uh, Schneider. Schneider. <laughs> Seriously, though, Kevin James' twi- uh, YouTube is hilarious. You should you should subscribe. It's hilarious. You know, Just saying. You know who I'm thinking could do it as, like, uh, uh, adding a, a depth – depth to his career and like taking a heel turn you know how some actors are like you know i need to like how zach efron actually did a great job as bundy so you know who could be a great yeah. jeff lowe hmm. chris pratt <laughs> get that gut back get that uh, gut back shave that head dude i see it i see it parks uh, and rec chris pratt being a douche <laughs> Okay, you've changed my mind. I guess I don't hate to see it. Carol. Carol. Oh, wow. That, that's outstanding. That real? From, from the back row, from Kate the, McKinnon as Carol Baskin. From Ashley. With uh, prosthetics the size of her regular self. <laughs> Ashley with the uh, stat update there. I love it. That's Fact awesome. checker Ashley over there. I mean, I could, I mean, since that's not my ha- you hate to see it, then you hate to see it. Cam Newton's still unsigned. You do hate to see that. That is... That is... Uh, Will Ferrell is Doc. That's kind of perfect. That is Hello, a- welcome to my tiger home where I don't we... Have, I don't have sex with these women. We have one bed that is exactly the dimension of all of us together. You've, and you're wondering? Yes, I'm an it's like It's like his character from Zoolander. It's, it's just exactly his Zoolander character. Oh. Did you Bogavon? see? Did you see Will Ferrell at the Seahawks Zoom meeting acting yeah, as just, Greg Olson? Yeah, he just. Oh, that was oh hilarious. My gosh. It, it, <laughs> and um, um, that was 
all Pete Carroll's idea because they're homies from when Pete right, was at USC. USC. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he's just Greg Olson. It was great. Okay. You do, you do hate to see it because Cam, Cam is a very talented guy, I think. Um, but the backups are being signed. The, the draft has happened. I, I just don't understand how he isn't unsigned. I mean, it's just because no one's been able to meet with him. I mean, it, I, I think I feel like he would have been signed oh, do you think a month and a half the, ago because the, because of the, the virus. Yeah. yeah, that's the only reason why right. he's not been signed yet. Because I would say a big part of his free agency is the questions on his health. Yeah, and so Cam is a guy that you know he would say, "Oh, I'll I'll fly myself out there on my dime, do a workout for you. Come watch me do squats, lifts, and throw the ball sixty yards." You know, so Cam would be would would do that in a heartbeat, but he can't. Yeah. So I agree with you. I hear what you're saying on that, Brandon. Because I mean, if Cam's healthy, he's top ten quarterback this, this, in the league. This yeah, guy, this guy, this guy's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I know he missed most of 2019, but this could actually be good for him because he could take a year off. He could do the AP completely. Like I'm, sh- I'm sure he's probably com- like recovered since that in- last injury, but take another year off because I mean the dude's been beat up, and he hasn't been getting calls because he like you know he's a big guy. He gets so. he gets less. Um, yeah, quarterback you, you hitting calls. You saw what happened to Aaron Hernandez in that documentary of how banged up he got because of his size. And you see it all the time. So maybe this could work out for him. Maybe he could take an extra year off and come back and get signed with the team. But, yeah, there could be some validity to the COVID thing. Yeah, well, he'd see it. Brandon, do you have one? Uh, I guess we're kind of going to talk about it here a little bit. I mean, Trubisky getting his – Oh contract not getting re- or you know they're not picking up his fifth year option after they just said what three months ago that he's our starting quarterback yeah. and since but then, then they, got they traded for another quarterback and then are not going to sign him after this but year. But they traded for a quarterback that they will have to pay what still sixty to eighty million. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. They continually Who did they sign? Nick Foles. 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 Right, right, right. They Ryan Pace in the front office organization and may, I don't know if Nagy's included in this, but they continually make decisions. To undermine his confidence, it seems like they're doing and, everything to show no yeah. faith. And exactly. they went after the Jags, who just paid Foles, so that wasn't a good, you know, move for them. That's still going to cost them a lot of money, right? And right. They, I they they're going to instead of, instead of Mitchell Trubisky, they're going for the guy that got beat out by Gardner Minshew. They should have got Dalton. Who man. Had a really good showing in two games. Had really good games. I mean, he beat. Hey, I, I like Gardner. There's nothing wrong with Gardner Minshew, but come on. No, I was talking about Foles. But <laughs> Nick Foles got beat out by Gardner Minshew, and so let's bring it. Like, so now Mitchell Trubisky's not only is he but not a starting also, quarterback, you, he's worse than Gardner Minshew. But you also got to understand he got beat out because he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have who he got hurt. They bring him back. He has a couple bad games out of coming back from injury, and then they're like, "Well, we got to ride Minshew mania." We got to drop Foles and get Minshew Mania. So. It was like Lynn Sanity, you know, and it's also they go with the younger guy. It frees up their cap space, which I mean, they had, they had, they didn't know what they had in Gardner Minshew. So once they realized what they had in Gardner Minshew, they were like, "Well, we just anchored this money. Can I, we get this off the table?" I will say this: I agree with it that you hate to see it because even though I gave you guys, and I stand by my what I said last week, even though I gave you guys a lot of grief for the possible controversy in Green Bay. There's absolutely a controversy in Chicago, and it's, hey, Mitch, we lied. We don't like you. We're Sorry, you suck. <laughs> yeah, we were wrong. It. One of the biggest like, winners. Well just say it. Yeah. Put, a big, put a billboard outside. Sorry, Mitch, you suck. You yeah. suck. Yeah, well, you know, if Ryan Pace says that, it might be his job because they've already gotten rid of the coach who was 
there when Mitch started. They brought in Nagy after his first year. So, I mean... You better hope Nick Foles plays pretty well. Right, one of the biggest winners... Job's done, too. One of the biggest winners of the Jordan Love controversy is Chicago because they're completely flying under the radar with their quarterback confusion right now. You hate to see it. You hate to see it, Nick. I mean, kind of. My you hate to see it is... Uh, I'm ready to fight you on this, uh, actually. You know, other than the Nick Cage stuff, all three of us have quarterbacks in the you hate to see it. And the, you hate to see it. Andy Dalton signs with the Dallas Cowboys. And here's why I say it's a you hate to see it. Jerry Jones does not want Dak Prescott in Dallas. Wow. Fire. You hate to see it. He's putting pieces in place to push Dak out. And I'm sorry, if you're not going to re-sign Dak and you're going to sign a washed-up quarterback, yeah, I said it. Andy Dalton had one good season. That was 2015. And what did he have to show for it? I don't, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me because what can Andy Dalton do that Dak can't do better? Exactly. Uh, but that's why exactly. I don't, I don't think this is a competition in any way. I think this is just security. This is a good backup. To me, this is Andy Dalton showing maturity where he's okay taking a possible backup role. I mean, who do you want in 2020 if you need a quarterback and don't have a good draft pick? I mean, in 2021, would you take Cam a year away from football or Andy Dalton after just hanging out in the Cowboys facility for a year as a starter? Let's say you need a starter. Which one take, of those two? I would take Cam. Cam, yeah. Because Cam is an athlete. Andy Dalton has got nothing. He, he, he's, he took the Bengals to the playoffs four times. They lost every game. Exactly. But, but look, think about how hard that is. Oh, oh yeah. He, he took TCU, made them undefeated when he was in college. Exactly. TCU, time. thank you for my other point. He's going home. He's he played college. He's from Dallas. He played college in Fort Worth. Why does that make it a good move for Dallas? It makes a good. You hate to see it is because Jerry Jones is giving Dak the middle finger. He's saying, "I don't want to pay you. I'll get a washed-up quarterback from the Bengals to be the guy." It makes it makes zero sense. You're you need sports back because I. I see this. Super contentious. I, I see this as you know, just adding somebody who's a good backup and is okay being a backup role. I think they're going to pay Dak. I think they're going to pay Dak, and it, it's going to be just fine. That, what makes you say that? Yeah. What I. I what makes you say that? Because they paid Zeke. He's they been paid a defender. He's been very. I don't even know his name. He's been very consistent, and so what I think, you know, from a from an injury standpoint, Dak has you know done what they needed from him. Dak his backup has thrown three passes in two years. Exactly. So why would you pay somebody seven million dollars to be the? The safety blanket right, because, of a guy who's not ever been because out. Because it's 4D chess. You are paying the backup so that you can pay the starter and make this your two-year all-in window. All our money, all of our money is gone. All of our money is gone, but we have great players in every position group. We now have the backup quarterback to where, God forbid, Dak goes down. We're not sweating you like the Chiefs it. did with Matt Moore. You hate to see it. Now we're fully transitioning into the Andy Dalton discussion because we're clearly going to keep going here. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Uh, Brandon and I are seeing this the right way, and you're seeing it the right way. I see it as a safe move for a backup. I just if you're seeing it as competition no, for a starter. It, it, you're coming no, at it from a different. It's not not competition as a starter. It's it makes absolutely no sense. Okay, if you want to go the route of backup. I can kind of understand that a little bit, but to pay a backup seven million, I don't think he'd be. Is he even? He's not the highest paid backup. How much did Jameis get? One. Taysom Hill. One million for one year. Taysom Hill got like eleven million, but he's not a backup quarterback. He's yeah, Jameis got he's a one tool. million dollars. He's a tool. I'm pretty sure, in a good way. 
I'm pretty sure James's contract that, is for like one but, or two million dollars. That's what I'm saying. Is he repeatedly says I'm he has made it clear since last season and this off season, I don't want to pay you. You don't show value to me. He just paid Andy Dalton. Gosh. Andy Dalton got seven million. That's what Bridgewater made last year. And Dak doesn't help himself just saying a completely asinine statement of coming on and saying, I can't raise my family on $50 million. Are you what? So you know what that immediately says to Jerry? He goes, fine, I won't pay you $50 million. I'm not going to pay you anything. I'm going to get, a, again, a washed-up quarterback from the Bengals who got replaced by Joe Burrow. I'm going to put him in here and plug you into this offense. Might as well, <laughs> might as well trade Dak for as much as you can get. Right, trade yeah. him. Because clearly, what? all you need to do... They obviously... At this point, just get somebody to snap the football and hand it off to Zeke. I know. That's clearly what you want. I know. Do. In our previous 100 episodes, well, if you want somebody who's really good at that, uh, they just resigned Ryan Tannehill, unfortunately. Exactly. Perfect guy to get for talent. But I know I've had to defend Dak before on this podcast in our last 100 episodes. But I see him I as he's he's a great game manager, which means he's not going to go out and. Nine times out of ten, he can't lead you down two minutes, you know, down six, got to win the game. But he is great at what he does, which is hand the ball off, hit slants, you know, hit Randall Cobb, and throw it up to Dez twice but a game if you, you need to. what you just described is why Jerry Jones will not sign him. But he has electric players everywhere else to where a quarterback, this is the calming stoic presence that I think is good for, you know, that team. I think Dak is perfect for the Cowboys, and I'd re-sign him. I would not have paid everyone else before him. I would have paid him more instead. Franchise franchise Zeke twice. They chose to pay Amari Cooper instead of Dak. I would have paid Amari, though. Amari, I think, is... Amari is less valuable than Dak. And they just got... He's a lot less valuable without Dak, too. Come on. You can't tell me that Jerry Jones is leading this... Uh, insurrection would that be the proper term? I, I mean, know. he owns everything, so I don't he think can't. you can. I don't think it's technically a coup if the he, guy's name's on the building. What 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 better <laughs> thing for Jerry Jones to do to push Dak out to go and get CD Lamb? Give him slap the number eighty eight on him. By the way, which was his idea. He says, "I want you to be number eighty. Well, I hey, want you to be my next Michael." That's Irving. a tradition, though. It's not a. It's not no, a I slight. It. It's a tradition. No, I like it. Yeah. Because he's saying, I want you to be my next Michael Irvin or whatever. He's putting confidence. But he's Brian. he's not that type of player, though. No. You know, both of those guys were position, like possession, go up and get it, beat your guy physically. And CD's going to catch the ball and take off. Right. He's a slot guy. He's a fast guy. Yeah. But he's a burner. What better way for Andy Dalton to do that and be like, oh, hey, yeah, Dak, we got uh, CD Lamb. We got uh, we got Amari Cooper. Um, but we're going to get Andy Dalton. Which, you think about it, it's perfect for Andy Dalton. He can just dump off a five-yard pass to CD, see him go 60 yards. He can lob it up. I mean, he doesn't have a great arm, so, they're, you know. They already got Randall Cobb. Why don't they just pay, I don't have bo- him play quarterback? Cobb went to Houston. I don't see what you've oh, seen in the last few years that has given you any sort of confidence in Andy Dalton to be a, a good starting quarterback. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. And I just think it was a bad decision to get $7 million out of it. When was he bad? It's starting. I mean, it's he. They weren't a good team, and he took them to the playoffs four times in eight years. What, I'm just. I just. When I, was the last time they were in the playoffs? I don't hate the move. I don't hate the move all around. I don't hate the move from either side. If they replace Dak, we still think it's a good move. If they replace Dak, then no, I think they should have got Jameis. Uh, Bridgewater. No, yeah. Or if, if see if as the purpose back, if the purpose is replace Dak, then you should have gone after somebody. Jameis Winston makes the most sense to. Jameis Cam or. T- 
Teddy or Tyrod. There's four options off the top of my head just this summer that would have been a better option, in my opinion, than Dalton if you're trying to replace Dak. So that's why, in my opinion, I think this is a good move. You're bringing in a guy who, who is going to be the backup, and his role is in ca- just in case he can come in, and well, he's not but, competing for anything. But why is Bridgewater or Winston? He's too old to compete for anything. Those guys can still compete. Why is, the Cowboys don't want that. Why is Bridgewater or Winston or Cam? Cam, I think... I understand Cam because again he's a good athlete, but why would you? Why are Bridgewater and Winston a better fit than Dalton when they ran the sim, a similar style offense? Well, I'm be, saying I'm be, saying if you're trading, if your purpose is to get rid of Dak or not keep Dak, get a younger guy. Then the yeah, young guy who actually has the who has a much higher ceiling, who can be a top ten quarterback, who can be better than what Dak. Dalton right. can't be better than what Dak is. I, exactly, James could. I think Dalton See that's you, you, I'm I'm gonna bring you around. I'm gonna bring no, you around. <laughs> I never said that. I never said that's what I said. Why would you sign Andy Dalton when he's a worse version of Dak Prescott? Well, it makes no sense. Well, because you're it just not doesn't make sense. You're not. To tra- me. Well, I mean, it's the opposite of Foles and Trubisky. With Foles and Trubisky, we're actively questioning which one of those guys is actually better than the other one. Dallas. I don't think Dallas wants that. I don't think McCarthy wants that. They got a brand new coach. They don't want any type of quarterback controversy. So I think they're going to pay Dak, and I think they're going to be okay with having a lot of money in the quarterback room and have a two-year win-now window with a coach that's won a Super Bowl. I, I think this is, in my opinion, I think it's a move to bring in Andy Dalton. To push Dak out, and Andy Dalton will be their transitional quarterback when they go get another guy. Because that's just who Jerry Jones is. I want to remember this moment, and we're going to bring this back up in January when the Cowboys have won the East and Dak has a new contract. Oh, my God. It's like it's going to be that hard to win the NFC East. Eagles are going to be packed again. They, They revamped. We'll see what they can do. Yeah, the Eagles, that's their only competition. The Giants and the Skins still suck. Pretty much. <laughs> well, you know, we kind of skipped. We went straight from you hate to see it, so we kind of skipped the biggest news of today. Don Shula died at age 90 in his Miami home uh, peacefully and not Rona-related as far as we know. But the winningest coach in NFL history, and it would take Belichick five seasons of 11 wins to, to match him. I don't know if that would include playoffs or not because this includes playoffs. It's also a 14-game season. So I'm just right. So, I mean, <laughs> it should be easier now, and still no one is really yeah. too close because do you really see Belichick coaching six more seasons, you know, to pass this record? That's if they get 11 per year? I would say yes, but I only think that's because Belichick sucks the life force out of the young players that he drafts. But that's just me because he's the evil dart. <laughs> he's that's why they serious. take. That's why they take a worthless white receiver out of Idaho <laughs> State for the blind every year, just so he can be just the like <laughs> the alternate for if Belichick needs a new heart. You can't tell me he's not Emperor Palpatine. He wears those hoodies all the time. Just, yeah, just saying. Uh, yeah, it's it's sad. He's all, he's got the only undefeated team. Right, and he, I mean, part of why he has this record is because he completely changed his system from those, you know, bruising teams of his that, you know, had a star fullback that was part of his undefeated season. Zonka? Zonka? I think. That sounds right. Larry Zonka? But then he went to Dan Marino in a basically pass-only offense in the 80s. Yeah, switched to when like nobody was doing thing. Nobody was doing anything like that. And so you see the, you know, the genius of him even before uh, Walsh or Belichick of what he was able to do and adapt, and we, we lost a great coach. I think that 
and yeah, and, that, and I, I, you know, what I've seen from like the NFL film stuff and you know doing all that, uh, everybody says he was a really nice guy. He was really genuine. And what I what some people said was that he could and like you were talking about how he switched the style of the Dolphins when he got somebody like Dan Marino. And they said that he could his ability as a coach is he'll beat him he could beat you with his guys and he can beat you with your guys. Like it didn't matter who was lining up, he was gonna win. And it you know, it reminds me we talked so much about the last dance, it reminds me of that Phil Jackson thing where wherever he goes, he's going to win. Whoever he has, he's going to win. And he's going to make those guys into winners. Oh, you brought it back, so I have to say it. You reminded me. Well, B.J. Armstrong's quote from The Last Dance on Sunday where he says, yeah, uh, after that 92 season, it really felt like Michael was just – felt like we were playing basketball and he was winning games. Like he was just doing a whole different thing than everybody else on the court. Everybody else was playing basketball – and he was thinking about he was letting winning. us play, and then he was going to go win it. Yeah, and it, <laughs> that's and it what he said some almost almost just, exactly like he's that. Just yeah, fooling around, and, and it was just this it was just this incredible insight of like you know we got to do our thing for forty minutes, and then if he needs to, it's it's Michael time, yeah. and no matter what, no matter what the situation, if we need threes, if we need dunks and defense, he's playing to win. He's not playing basketball. Yeah, he's on such a high level compared to everybody else. Right, which is what we saw from Shula switching his offense. He's playing to he's playing to win. Yeah, I mean, he's undoubtedly one of the greatest ever. I, it's hard to say with all that because Belichick does have eight rings. So, I mean, I don't know. And, and the game has changed so much that it's hard to say who is the you know better coach or you know who's the greatest Lombardi, player, but. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. There's a trophy with one name on it. I don't think it says Noel. I don't think it says Landry. I don't think it says Shula or Belichick. You resurrected Lombardi's corpse, which congratulations, modern science. But it would be a skeleton at this point. But if you could resurrect him and put him in today's game, do you think he would win as many games? That's what I'm saying. Do you see the same thing with Shula? He was a product of the times, though. Things. He went to West Point. It was it was it it, it was yeah. a lifestyle. It's such a different game. But in his defense, okay, you know, we went there. We went there. So in Lombardi's defense, the episode is relaxed fit nowadays. Lombardi didn't create an offense or a defense. He created a culture. There, Lombardi time. You know, the clocks Final were town, yeah. the clocks were set early. You know, he had. You know, was it family? Was it family faith in the Green Bay Packers? You know, or yeah. the three things to care about, and he just he instilled a culture which I kind of see is similar to the Patriot Way, mm-hmm. capital P, capital W. Yeah. So you know, that's my semi argument for Lombardi could succeed because in the NFL, more than the NBA or MLB, there's so many guys in that locker room. You, you delegate. You know, a head coach is a general, and he was you know just from Belichick. He's from a a West Point family, and. He created a culture and let his coaches coach. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. I just it, it's it's hard to compare them because of the the eras that they coached in and the time that they coached in. Because there are certain core things that will always be the same in the game, but uh, you know different things. I mean, you, you know when we talk about the you know, greatest of all time and you try to compare different eras. It, it, for the longest time, block when you were blocking on the offensive line, you couldn't open your hands. You had you could only block with your forearms and push, 
and versus you know you can actually well you're not supposed to hold is that the leather heads it, it lasted <laughs> a while into the game like it, we're talking about like 70s before they started switching that over but uh regardless shula Shula. R.I.P. Other big news. Uh, the full schedule will be released on May 7th for the NFL. We'll have when all the games are and where they are. Paul, don't forget, at 8 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network. Because, you know what? we got to have something to look forward well, to. That's normal. I think the NFL Network, it's yeah. the NFL Network. And There's you know, nothing going on in the NFL just, right it now. It makes me laugh. But ratings will be great. Well, that's the thing. is The NFL is such a huge thing that they will get a lot of ratings on just their schedule reveal. And people will tune in to care. Even though you should already know mm, pretty much the whole schedule already. You can piece together the, all 16 teams already. I think this is you for don't, the COVID, if there's going to be COVID adjustments. But you don't know home and away no, is kind of this. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this reveal is... You know who they're playing, though. Yeah, so it really exactly. what's that great. Well, yeah, it's the same algorithm that you can piece together, like... Based on the standings of last season, you know who's going to play who, but you don't know home and away, and you don't know, you know, even though it's mostly flex and no, stuff. Right you can now, Thursday actually, night, right now, Sunday nights, Monday actually, nights. Right now, yeah, they have determined home and away this already. Is, the reveal they just haven't, here. They just don't know which week you play them. Yeah, the reveal here is for the if they have to make adjustments for COVID. I, I'm assuming because I looked it up to see when if Brady was going to be playing with the Buccaneers close to. Where you know, like playing at Arrowhead or Soldier Field or something, which he's playing at Soldier Field. So, if everything goes according to plan, the season is normal. And fans could be in the stands. I'm going to try and go to that game. Late Probably might be in Minnesota too. Ooh, yeah. Be closer than Chicago. Late, you hate to and probably cheaper. Actually, has no idea about that. But yeah, babe, that's the plan. Hey, we we have friends that are from Chicago. They're Bears fans. They'll go. Mm. Late, you hate to see it here, but uh, no international games. You hate to see it. Oh, yeah. You hate to see it. Yeah, which, I mean, when you really think about it, how is that logistically possible? Of half of Jacksonville's uh, yeah, home attendance. season. <laughs> yeah, and Jacksonville Jaguars fans are so happy because they just got two more home games. You know, There's two London games and one Mexico City game that you know are concrete each season at this point. Mexico City... That was fairly new, right? It had only been a couple seasons, right? But they've been they'd two years. That. It was this was last year was the second year. This would have been the first. It had been year, canceled. But they got canceled the first both time. time they both times they did it, it was the Raiders, right? Because I know the Raiders. Houston has played in Mexico City. Yeah, the Chiefs did it. The Chiefs were supposed to do it. Maybe wasn't the Rams, Chiefs were Chiefs, su- and then there was Chiefs the were Chiefs supposed Chargers. to. Yeah, but the, the field was so bad they played at Arrowhead. Which yeah. was, but then no, they, they played, played last year again. Chiefs and the Chargers was that? No, that game was in L.A. Yeah, it was in L.A. Same day. Because remember, we it was before we started the podcast. We were in deli- like uh, deliberations. I'm, I'm pretty sure. That and we sat down and watched it, and we were like, "This is the greatest Monday Night Football game I've ever seen." Because <laughs> that oh, was yeah. the 54 to 51 game. Yeah, the Rams Chiefs. Yeah, 53 51. That was my Super yeah. Bowl, uh, but I'm pretty sure that it was the um, a Houston. It was Houston's first. Yeah, it was a it was a Texans Raiders Mexico City game that was the. Oh, man, Derek Carr kept getting hit with the laser pointer in his eye. That's what I remember from that. And I was like, this is what happens when you put soccer fans in an NFL yeah, right. game. <laughs> I think, you know, good riddance. I, I'm sick of the NFL trying to do an international thing. No, NFL they need to do – put it in Vancouver. I think it's uh, – go more north than south. Are you telling me that Vancouver and Seattle wouldn't have a killer rivalry if we if they expanded or moved and put a team See, in Vancouver? It's big in Canada. Like, it, they like football there. Right, so. right. And with how MLB and the NBA have been able to make it work, I really think that NBA ex- or N- NFL expansion teams 
or moved teams to Vancouver, Quebec, or Montreal, or Toronto, especially Toronto, could have a lot of success. Wouldn't Vancouver be closer to Seattle? Yeah. Vancouver's right across the Yeah, it's, it's right across the bay. Yeah, that's a built-in rivalry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to add an extra team to the NFC West. Or or move. I mean, yeah. Mexico. That I do say. I will think that Mexico City makes sense to me too, in a way. No, uh, get out of there, man. It's a harder sell because it's such a soccer country. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, just I, not going to bite. They love the NFL, you know, but they love NFL how it is. You know, like, like you can go down to Cancun and you see people wearing Raiders stuff. Or cowboy stuff. The southern teams, they yeah. do like their they they will pick teams and they will watch the games. Like you can, I was in, I was in Cancun over Christmas break one year and I was watching the regular Fox package where they had a noon game and a midday game on in on this local Hispanic Fox we got, affiliate. Or, we got uh, NFL Network in the hotel that I stayed in Cancun. Yeah, when we stayed there, which I was just shocked. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't think they're gonna. Put a team down there. They just do it for the publicity of getting people interested. Right, down there. and it's this has always been a publicity stunt, and I didn't think there was any way that the NFL was going to catch on in London. Uh, I bring up NFL Europe had a little bit of success, and if nobody knows who the NFL, what the NFL Europe was, it was the NFL trying to make a farm league in Europe. Yeah, but that's just a bad idea all Over, around. During during springtime, there should summer. just be a European league. Right, like just do that. Yeah, but I. I uh, I'm, I don't think anybody's going to shed any tears. NFL fans probably, um, especially American NFL fans, probably don't care. Um, I'm sure it might have been fun to go if you were in London. I'm sure it was fun for team, you know, beat writers to just go to London for their teams. But, I mean, last year I really didn't care, but it struck home because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played in London. And it was a divisional game. And they lost a divisional home game to go play in London. And I was furious because I'm like, that is stupid. So you're telling me when they played Carolina in week two, Carolina got to play in their home stadium for their divisional matchup. But then when Tampa Bay wanted to play Carolina for their divisional game, they had to play in London. I'm sure Tampa Bay worked out a deal there they were talking about. But that right there was like, all right, I'm done with London games. <laughs> I'm done with this stupid stuff. You know who's never had to go to London because they have, you know, too big of a standing with the NFL. Green Bay. Yeah, well, Tampa's a smaller market, okay? Exactly, exactly. The teams that go to London are... Smaller market teams. Jacksonville, that Tampa. Green Bay is the smallest market. Yeah, but it's 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 different kind of small well, it's market. it's different, though, because Green Bay... We have no owner. ...a stadium. Tampa Bay, it, before they, until they got Brady, they couldn't do that. So. The good thing about Green Bay when it comes to London games and hard knocks is that Green Bay doesn't have an owner in the room that can raise their hand and say, okay, we volunteer for it this time, I guess. You know? <laughs> Seriously, think about it. No, they wouldn't put... I can't, wait, didn't the Bears play in London last year? I think they did. I think they played the Raiders in London. Could have been Mexico. I don't know. Point is, I don't care. I'm glad we're not doing international games anymore. NFL yeah. is an American sport. It stays in America. Even though the only live sports we will have to bring you next week, international baseball. But we will we're be here. We're talking about Jameis. Oh, well, we did a little bit. We did a little bit. I just I saw that tweet, too, uh, from Big Cat from Barstool, where he oh, said, yeah. this is this man is hilarious. Saying that he couldn't see stop signs. That's how you know Tampa Bay messed up. 
Yeah, they were letting him you let play your guy blind. Play quarterback, you couldn't see. You didn't figure that out in five years, and he couldn't see. Shout out Mike Evans. <laughs> I don't know if this tweet was real, but Marcus Lattimore tweeted at Jameis because uh, Jameis said, "I can't wait to hang out with my teammates." Blah blah blah, and he goes, "Hey, remember, I am on your team this time, so you can throw it to me or something like that." Oh, uh, oh, that's funny. Well, you know, can't throw it to me for for. I think we mentioned this last week too. More than Taysom Hill. He's yeah, he has he has more Saints. Saints passes than Taysom Hill. God, I hate the Saints. I hate the Saints. Drew Brees, great guy. Plays for a terrible organization. Wow. Wow. Is that I'm how you want to end it this I'm week? I'm sorry. You don't think it's wrong to put bounties on players' heads? That had nothing to do with this I, Saints Sean team. Payton. It was him. It wasn't Sean Payton. Though. No. It was. It was. That's, that's like saying that the whole Louisville thing was Rick Patino. It was the people under him, man. I couldn't even what say that he, with a straight face. Where did that line of thought going? Remember Joe oh Paterno? Remember oh his staff God. that he had? And they just did stuff under his nose that he had nothing to do with? Right. Delegation. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Oh, man. Now we got to cleanse the palate here. By the way, I'm not comparing the two. The Sandusky stuff and the, the uh, Bounty stuff. I'm not comparing them. Yeah, well. I hate giving disclaimers, but I got to do it. <laughs> I know. Because we're not volatile. Well... <laughs> I want to be volatile volatile about the Korean baseball organization. I'm probably going to end up watching some of this, unfortunately. I'm not. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. Do I'll you catch think, it on sports. Do center. you think they'll put a replay on it like 3 in the afternoon or something if there's nothing? I mean, what else are they going to show? <laughs> Maybe on the weekends. They got they got, they got got all their regular shows still going. Well, let's, I, I think they're going to... So at night, the only time they would do it is... Let's think yeah. about what other... What yeah, other entities or would be angry they didn't get this because they need the programming? I mean, ESPN Fox got it, is, but yeah, who else plays a lot of baseball? I mean, does FS1 and Fox, Fox? probably plays the most baseball because they have all. Fox has all the regional channels, so Fox plays like every team. Yeah. Oh, and they've got to be sweating because you know I used to watch you know basketball games from the Big East yesterday on FS1, and now they have even less programming. So, yeah, we will see. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if ESPN is really gonna roll out the carpet and have like first take debates about the KBO. <laughs> oh, they will at least after the first day, maybe mm. not after that. We'll see how much we talk about it after the first week, you know, or after today. I already very watch very little of American baseball. Yeah, that's the thing for me. <laughs> Brandon's our baseball guy here. Well, I'm not KBO expert over here. That I love it. Brand it. Hey, it's it's bound to happen because he had AAF that failed XFL that XFL failed. Brandon KBO expert. You know what? It I mean, won't fail. It's been around. for Yeah, a this one will not fail, guys. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it might be cursed. <laughs> you might not want to be. There. Yeah, to be the first league back, the KBO. Well, we never left, so we can't be back. We're just always here for you. <laughs> just keep going, man. It's we'll, beautiful. And keep we'll riding. be here next week and the week after that, whether sports are or not, we will find things every time, we promise you. And you can follow us on Twitter at Loud Sports Pod, Facebook, Loud Sports Podcast. We're getting more likes on there. Thank you, folks. For Brandon Plecker, Jake Williams, I'm Paul Rubidoux. We'll talk to you next week. This is the Loud Sports Podcast. Mm-hmm.